Welcome back for the second episode of Anti-Meditation with me, Sabrina Godfroyd. This week gets outside the box and stays there as we talk through different theories regarding hell, demigods, dimensions, and how God could be both merciful and just at the same time. To be clear, we are not experts and none of these ideas will be under my copyright portfolio. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy hearing this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Hi, I'm Sabrina Godfroyd. Today, I ate baked beans for the third time in four days. <laughs> Hi, I'm Abigail Parkinson. I am roommate of Sabrina Godfroyd, and I watched her eat baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds a little creepy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nicholas Powell. I am boyfriend yeah. <laughs> of yes. Sabrina Godfroyd. I did not eat baked beans today, but I eat eggs. Well, welcome. We are currently in Sabrina White's closet. Um, Affirmative. This is the first yes. time I've been in a closet scheduled to be mm. in the closet. Um, we're here to talk about our religious existential crises. Am I right? That's true. Yes. That's true. That's what we're yes. doing here. And, uh, well, we're doing this partly because we have no plans tonight and the virus is causing quite a concern. Also, it's raining. That's mostly why we're in here tonight. But thank you for joining us. Or actually, it's not. It's just me. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about hell. So, yep. Let's talk about the difference between grim hell and mild hell. Now, I took a philosophy class last year, so um, I'm interested. I think everybody else is interested, but let let's just take a crack at it. You know. Yeah. Okay, so Abigail, would you mind explaining to us? the difference between the two or explaining whichever view you were most comfortable explaining? Yeah. Um, so I didn't take a philosophy class, so definitely don't take notes on anything that I say. But, uh, from my understanding, grim hell is like the traditional kind of understanding of hell. This like fire and brimstone, like torturing people in a lake of fire, very like physical, scary punishment and the very conscious yes like the person is really being tortured yes okay. they're just they wake up one day judgment day is there boom you're gonna be tortured for the rest of your life that sucks yeah. yeah and then uh mild hell is more kind of i think me and sabrina were both talking about our main concept of it coming from the great divorce by c.s lewis kind mm. of this idea of like people existing without god and then they're like flesh and humanity self-destructing them slowly hmm. not so much being like cast away to be tortured from wrath but so much as like abandoned almost but not because like god abandoned them but because was, they were unable yeah. to accept like, more his... they abandoned god yes exactly mm. and the like, key left <laughs> line for c.s lewis is the door is locked from the inside yes it's a yeah. very willful i'm i'm staying in hell People consciously sort of decide to stay in hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, with The Great Divorce, would you mind explaining that plot just like a little, little yeah. bit? Yeah, it's been a second since I read it, but 
um, there's like two places that these people go after they die. And there's the gray town. And then there's the, what do they call it? Like the good place or the real world or. I think something I don't closer to like quite the remember good place. I don't, I don't what remember. it's called. Yeah. But it's like it's basically. A, it's heaven. Yeah. It's an allusion to heaven. Hmm. And there's a train that goes from the gray town to this bus. heaven esque place. Is it a bus? It's a bus. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's that's a bus. okay. It doesn't really matter. Some form of <laughs> transportation takes you there. Um, and in the gray town, you can like create whatever you want. You can have as much of whatever you want, but you're never satisfied. And then you have the opportunity to take the bus to this other place and give away all of the things that held you back in life and then go to heaven. Hmm. And these people go and they talk it through and they like want to go to heaven, but they don't really want to go to heaven. And the things that held them back in life and their idols in life keep them going back to the great town and keep mm. them from wanting to put away those things and go to heaven. So it's very interesting. It's only 130 pages or so, so I recommend everybody to read it. It's a good one. Yes. Nick, have you ever read The Great Divorce? I have read The Great Divorce, yes. What did you think about it? I thought it was a very good uh, take on heaven, take on mm. hell. The only thing that, I don't know, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around was how people in hell would ever want to stay in hell if they if they knew who God was or if they knew what heaven was like, you know? Hmm. Yeah. But I guess, because in the story, he came up with the bus, the main character mm -hmm. did, and he was uncomfortable. Like, he couldn't step on the grass. It felt like needles to him. Right. And he, he wasn't fully there physically so i guess and and i i had a hard time discerning between c.s lewis's um theology and him creating a story out of it right and like making it a book um because i couldn't tell if he actually thought that you had to journey into heaven to reach a certain point of holiness to be in the presence of god and like repentance and things like that, or if, or if it was more like a, you get there, you're done, you're in mm -hmm. because you got on the bus. So I think that that part was a little bit hard for me too. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think the story is like, like, I think it's more him trying to break down a really complex philosophical, like idea that he has mm -hmm. into a way that most people can understand. So I don't know if, like, the story or, like, even, like, the grass being hard for them to work on or, like, you know, like, the bus and all this stuff. Like, obviously, he doesn't know whether that's going to be, mm -hmm. you know, that's not, like, reality. Right, right, but it's yeah. more just, like, these concepts he's the trying concepts to convey. Yeah. You're not comfortable in heaven until a certain point, until, like, fully buying into it, which I guess would make sense. Yeah. Because you can't be, like halfway into heaven and be like, I guess I'll try it. Yeah. You can't experimentally you don't get like a go to heaven. Free trial membership. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I think it's like, okay. Cause like we were talking about this earlier about how like fallen angels, their, mm. you know, whole thing was that they wanted to be like God. And so they set traps for people that are similar to what the way that they know God is, but they're not God. So it's not the same and it's not ever going to be like, as fulfilling or like as powerful and so i think that like the things that people cling to for pleasure are the same way right so like um humanly love right people have 
glorified humanly love since way back when, beginning of time. Mm. Because it is the closest thing that you can get to the love of God and relationship with God that's not actually that. It's like a uh, counterfeit version. Yeah, like a Walmart brand version version of God's love. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, so you you can go buy, like, great value love or great value mm-hmm. happiness or great value purpose but it's not going to be the same as like getting the real thing you know mm. and it's like a broken less valuable version of it but since it's so close since it's modeled basically to be the same thing but not as high quality you can still like the idea of being fulfilled is still there and it's scary to let go of that thing mm. it is scary mm-hmm that's a really good point. And I think that that is also contributing to the concept of faith in that we can't see God physically. Yeah. But there's that promise of like, there is joy, there is peace, there is comfort, but you will not be able to see it and feel it and touch it until you die. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. Mm hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Or you could like <laughs> cling to the next specs, next next specs, next best thing. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, just wait it out and be like, well, this is good enough. You know, like I'm happy sometimes yeah. with this. Like that's all that matters. Back to the subject of fallen angels that you mentioned. Do you think that fallen angels are demons, and how does that play into Satan? I think fallen angels. Yeah, I think that, like, so basically what they want is to be on the same level as God, right? Mm. So, like, I think this idea of, like, demons is, like, them trying to gain power. So Mm. there's, like, different ways that they try to do that. And one of them is through fear, right? We're very easily scared because we're not that powerful. Yeah, I'm really scared of everything. Yeah. I I, I didn't (laughs) even want to watch The Polar Express when I was young. It's a scary movie. It's sort of terrifying, yeah. The guy with the beard... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I hate that movie. I think it's the worst. <laughs> anyway, the Polar Express will definitely be in hell. That's mm. a yeah. Yeah. No it brainer. goes straight to hell. Yes. It's polar. Is that the train that they take to <gasps> the Great Town? Oh the Polar God. Express. What? The bus? The polar Express. Dude, that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. it. Is there hot chocolate in hell? Um, what it's fire t- and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before the Polar Oh, sorry. Fallen Fall angels and if they're oh, demons okay, or not. okay, yeah. So, fear, right? Like, fear. if we can be afraid of them, then we're granting them power in that Mm. we are acknowledging their power above God's power. Mm. Interesting. And another way I think they can do that is by like acting as gods. So like we talked about, yes, Mm. we talked about this earlier too, but I think that gods of other religions are real, but I don't think they are God. Like the one true God who created the earth. I think they're fallen angels trying to fulfill that purpose. Like the reason that they fell trying to like act like gods so they are either like trying to scare you and get you to acknowledge their power above god that way or they're trying to get you to worship them Hmm. they're all just trying to like be god basically would you say that signs and wonders which is christian quizlet for miracles and healing and even though even though it might be a good thing like healing or it might be a good thing like i don't know uh Raising somebody from the dead. I don't know. But do you think that those things are possible with little G-gods? With fallen angels who are pretending to be this deified being? Yes, but I 
I don't know. I haven't thought about that a lot. I do think that because I think we like have seen evidence of that, mm. right? Yeah. But um, I almost wonder whether God has to allow them to do that or not. You know, mm. whether they have to have His like permission. Thumbs up. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, because I I think I personally think that signs and wonders do not um, point to just God. Yeah. As in like the Christian Trinitarian God, mm-hmm. because I, I've heard, um, Muslims talk about the miracles that they've seen mm-hmm. and the dreams that they've had. And the they might have and... prophecies, mm-hmm. things like that. And I consider those to be signs and wonders, but I don't consider the, um, the God of Islam to be my God. Yes. Or as powerful as my God is. So what do you think is unique to Christianity then that other religions don't have? Well, I think the concept of uh, being created by and consist like continuously taken care of by in, in relationship with the same God is really integral. Like the concept of love. And the concept of community with God, I think, is very unique um, to Christianity itself. And that God is very present with his creation. Mm. What, what do you think? I think that when we look at other religions, like, yeah, the concepts are different. Or, like, what we're asked to do as, like, followers of said religion is different. But in the end, the biggest difference is, like, the perfection of God, I Mm. guess. Like, we see almost a very human interaction between, like, people and other gods Mm -hmm. because I think those angels are fallen. So they do have that almost, like, similar, like, personality to us, I guess. Like, there's, like, a humanity to other gods that I think comes from that fallen attitude that, like, that's almost our like connection to them you know we're all fallen and like we're all like broken and sinful or whatever and so i think that's why we see that almost kind of like human touch to like the way that gods act towards their people in other religions that we don't see in christianity Hmm. so percy jackson (laughs) Um, love that demigod yes little g god do you think that the Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology... I'm getting all this from Rick Riordan, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think that that can play into the Nephilim? Yes. In the Old Testament? I do. And yeah. for those of you who don't know, the Nephilim were, were was... um, What is it? The sons of God or the sons of man? Or the sons of... They're... They were the sons of... Were they referred to as the sons of God? Because they were the sons of... They're referred to as the sons of men. I don't I don't remember. One of those. Yeah. Um, but they're remarkable because they're the children of human women and fallen angels. Yes. And they were that... thought to be, like, more powerful and, like, bigger and, like, uh-huh. to have these, like, weird, like, abilities mm-hmm. kind of. And they were part of the reason for 
the flood. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're early on in Genesis. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the Nephilim. But what... Yeah, Nick, so what do you think about there being demigods? Do you think that that's possible? I think it's possible. I don't know about Greek mythology if that actually points to real demigods or not, or if that was just... Oh, I'm not saying that Rick Riordan is... (laughs) Well, not Rick Riordan, but (laughs) just Greek mythology. Yeah, but with with the the Nephilim and that whole deal, would would they be considered demigods? Because, Because they're with fallen angels, and then fallen angels could be little G gods. Yeah, I guess if you follow that train of thought, yeah. Interesting. I don't think that they would be... I wouldn't consider them demigods because that would have to be, like, actual children of God with men, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about, like, connecting the concept of, like, this, like, demigod and then to, like, the concept of the Mm -hmm. Nephilim or whatever they're called from the Bible. Like, asking if they're, like, the same thing than, like, actually calling them demigods. Because obviously they're not. Right. You know. Would you be able to call Jesus a demigod? Because he was technically the child of a human. interesting (laughs) question. And God. But he's, okay, but a demigod is, like, half God, half human, right? And Jesus is fully God and fully human. Fully human. So it's different. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, good one. Yeah. Okay. I've never thought about that before. I haven't either. Thanks, that was a Rick good question. <laughs> um, before we pressed record on this one, we were talking about uh, what is that verse, Nicholas? Luke. What you're saying? Twenty-three, uh, verse forty-three. Will Will you tell our listeners yeah. what what you were talking about beforehand? Yeah. So when Jesus is on the cross and um, there's a criminal beside him. Uh, Jesus says, truly, I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so we were sort of talking about if Jesus said today, you will be with me in paradise. Does that literally mean that he, that God or that Jesus was in heaven that day? Because we believe that Jesus descended to hell that day. And does that point to, um, the fact that when you die, you're outside of time. That whenever you die and go to heaven or hell, you're no longer bound by time. Because this is before Jesus ascended into heaven. Right. So how could he be with him in paradise? On the same day. On the same day, right. Because the thief, or whatever it was, he was, died that day. Yeah, yeah. But then Jesus also died that day. But he didn't ascend but to he heaven, didn't ascend to heaven until heaven, so. after his, like, resurrection. Wow. Or is that just pointing to the trinity of God, that today you'll be with me in paradise, maybe he'll just be with God the Father that day, and they're the same person, or the same God, so... Or... <laughs> or, or time, time doesn't exist. No. <laughs> no, I personally, and this is like a very just personal idea, but I personally think that when we die, we don't experience time. So that we'll all go to heaven together on Judgment Day at the same time. But you're not in purgatory. You just don't feel time pass. So it's like you die, 
and then like a second later you're up and everybody's up and it's judgment day and you don't feel like any time has passed even though it could have been like hundreds of years okay so okay i'm i'm processing okay <laughs> so when you die you're outside of time so you don't even feel that it's been like however long it takes for jesus to come back and that whole thing to that whole ball to get rolling or whatever yeah that's is, what I is think. it the same concept for going to hell like you're you die and then you're atemporal and then after judgment day then you go to hell well that's what yeah that's i don't know about that because that's even what we were talking about earlier is like where is hell Mm. because if heaven comes down to earth and it talks about being below like there's there's references to like take you know down so do you like go to hell on judgment day or is it like and in judgment day are you consciously being judged because if you were consciously being judged then that wouldn't work with c.s lewis's theology of you closing the door from the inside because you would have like seen god judge you so there's no denying Mm -hmm. that i i wonder unless you're mad (laughs) (laughs) and then you're like i don't want to go yeah (laughs) you judge me to hell (laughs) i wonder if maybe you only go through judgment if you're going to heaven right because if you're going to hell, that's already the... We were talking about earlier about how, like, hell is this, like, disconnect from God, right? Mm. It's this, like, absence of our, like, purpose as human beings. And that is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Mm. So, like, I almost wonder if there's a need for that, like, God looking at you and telling you everything that you did wrong in your life moment. You know, I wonder if that's just... For heaven so that you understand exactly what is being paid for right like you're not gonna like go online and then just be like i'm gonna buy something and you just <laughs> plug in your credit card and yeah. you get something right like what's being paid for like they're giving you your receipt almost mm. <laughs> and he's like telling you all these things and then jesus is like but it's all paid for then you so, understand the weight of the grace and yeah the mercy when you're going in but if jesus isn't paying for it because you didn't accept his offer to pay for that for you then do you need that receipt read to you almost i don't know that's just a concept i literally just thought of that right now but (laughs) it's a beautiful concept Mm. thank you for sharing thank you you. tell me more about um not time being uh relative to earth oh well me and nick were talking about this earlier plugging in with like creation and stuff and then also that verse Mm. um kind of this like diving into the ideas of dimensions and stuff Mm. not to be confused with dementia no not the same dimensions although you know maybe maybe there's something we don't know people with dementia outside of time yeah we don't know (laughs) what if they're in another dimension my gosh i've never had dementia so i don't know me either well i have so (laughs) (laughs) how how was that nick please tell us it was eye-opening Mm, yeah. Okay. Cool. Dimension yeah. So, how does creation and dimensions play into each other? Like a temporality. You were mentioning with the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And the laying over of 
the spiritual and the physical. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't think that has to do with time though. Okay. Yeah. Like, so what I was talking about is like, and again, I've watched YouTube videos about dimensions. (laughs) I'm not like a (laughs) astrophys. I don't, that's probably not even what you would need to be to know about that. I don't know anything, but yeah. So from what I know about dimensions, um, the dimension of time is basically like the easiest way to conceptualize it is like, it's like this three dimensional thing or like you're, if you're editing film, right. And you can slide back and forth and you can edit the beginning and you can edit the end and you can edit the middle, but it doesn't change that. Like whatever you're working with at the moment is the film Hmm. and it, no matter how much you change it, that's the film and it's still the film, you know? Yeah. Like end product is the film beginning when you put it in is the film. And then you're editing it. And I kind of, that's kind of how I think of like the dimension of time being. So like God can, is simultaneously present in the first day of creation as he is in judgment day at the same time. And you were saying that like, if somebody's editing a film, they edit the beginning of it, but somebody is like watching the middle of it, they won't know that the beginning was edited. So do you think that God can change the past? But I don't think it would be, like, yes. But I don't think it would be, like, we didn't know, right? It wouldn't be, like, oh, well, you know, I thought dinosaurs existed, and now I guess they don't. (laughs) I don't really know what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it would, you know, it's just, like, the same way that, like, if you edit the beginning of the film, the person in the middle of the film isn't confused about what happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they just are. It just, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. You're not a person watching the film. I think you're like a person in, in the, the film. film. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about that with creation and how like even like going into like how many days did creation take and stuff. Like it really doesn't matter, I don't think, because time is just so different when it comes down to all of that. And then there's also that verse about, um, I think, was it Peter? I don't know. But about how... Uh, a day to man is a thousand to God. And it, it was this analogy of like a day to us is, or no, a thousand days to us is one day to God or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like saying that he was so much bigger yeah, than us that he like, I mean, flies live 20 days, but for them it's like a lifetime. Right. Yeah. So that, and that is also putting a size on God. And, and I don't think that that number, like one to a thousand is the ratio of day to God, day to man, but it was conceptualizing the size of God. And if he's infinite, then you can't do that. But it also could have just been an analogy. Now, what, what is your, Abigail, what's your concept about, um, the, can you explain the bedsheet and the fishbowl? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just like an idea that I came up with when I would think I was in like middle school or something. It's really impressive for a middle schooler. Well, I, I like have to visualize things to understand them. Mm. So it's just like, I don't know. We were talking about how God is infinite one day in class when I thought of it. But so I think of God as this like bedsheet but he's like infinite right so it's like the biggest bedsheet in the world and it never ends and it's infinitely big 
Top and then, sheet. Yes. Not Top the ones sheet. with the corners. Yes. Those are terrible. Those, those are, are annoying. Hell, no. So. Yeah. We, no, we don't mess with those. Yeah. Yeah. It's a normal top bed sheet. Okay. And then your brain is like a fishbowl. And you can stuff as much of that bed sheet into that fishbowl as you possibly can until it's full. And then if you wanted to get more bed sheet in, you could try to shove some more in. But there's only so much like capacity that that fishbowl has. So if you shove more of the bed sheet in, then like some of it's bound to come out from another area. Mm. So it doesn't mean that the part that came out and the part that went in aren't connected, but the fishbowl can't like encompass them at the same time. And God's infinite. So there's like, you know, never ending things to learn about him. There's never ending concepts to know about him. There's never ending sides of him to know. And they're all connected and they're all consistent with each other. But we as like people cannot understand all of it at the same time. So there'll be times when it feels like he's changing or like you don't understand things or like, things contradict but when you really look into it they don't and it's just that like you're not big enough to understand all of it at the same time so is the fishbowl earth or is it our minds it's our minds it's our minds yeah okay um but it's not cumulative like all of our minds can't conceptualize god together yeah, so no, it would you also, couldn't, like, bring I guess all it could your also minds be together. Earth. I mean, even if you did, it wouldn't matter because it's infinite. It's still infinite. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Still so infinite. you still couldn't understand it. And God being the bedsheet, is that the... Well, I, I guess I get to my question. But would it be, like, the characteristics or just the concept or... I mean, you know, the same way that you, like, know someone else... You know, like, there's, like, different sides to them. There's different moods that they have. You, mm. you know, if you really know somebody, you know the way they act in this situation or this situation. And the more you get to know them, the more you see different sides of them, right? Mm. Like, with the side of a person that you see when you first meet them versus the side of a person that you see when you've known them for 10 years is totally different. Totally different. Mm. And God's like that, except you never will, like, know him. Like, it's always like you're, like, uncovering something completely new that you mm. never knew about him. And you can keep learning for as long as you want, and you'll never be able to learn it all. And sometimes it'll seem like it contradicts, but it doesn't. It's just that, like, you're not big enough to understand all of it mm. at the same time. That reminds me of, uh, in our philosophy class last year, we were talking about the apparent contradictions in being just and in being merciful. Mm. And God says that he's both, both just and merciful. And it, I personally think it depends how you look at it because he may be being just by requiring the ancient Jewish people to sacrifice goats in atonement for their sins, but he's being merciful and that he's not requiring children such as the other, um, religions around them at the time. Yeah. Like Baal worshipers or whatever. And in that sense, he's being merciful, but in also the same sense, he's being just, but then I think that we might, we get confused easily on based on our relative size. Like we think, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a goat. 
that's that's bad for the goat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hurt because I'm I'm hurting this goat versus the big picture which is I could just have not created you at all and this is keeping you alive. Yeah. You know, so well, it it's just a really matter on perspective, I think. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when it comes to justice, we get really caught up in the idea of like right and wrong, right? And like fairness. punishment. Yeah. But fairness does not always have to equal punishment. And I think, like, the mm-hmm. biggest example of, like, that balance of both being very just and being very merciful is, like, with Jesus, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just because it's fair. We all have the opportunity to go to heaven. And we all have mm-hmm. the opportunity to accept, like, Jesus's death and to accept that atonement for our sins. And we all have the opportunity to go to heaven. Fair and square, no matter who you are. You can murder somebody. You can do whatever... But if you love and trust Jesus and accept his atonement, then you go to heaven. That is absolutely fair across the board. Because all sins are equal and everybody has sinned. So, But then also it's like merciful because he didn't have to do that, right? He could have just wiped us out and started over very easily. So it's like a both simultaneously. Mm. I think fairness... I, I don't think I agree with fairness in general in in the sense of the uh, of Jesus being fair or God being fair. I don't think he's fair to us. But, well, I guess like his what is fair to him might not be fair to us. Well, how would you define fair? Fair, I think I think it depends on um I think it really depends on the person. I, I define fairness as sort of a just, like, being just. But also, we attribute fairness to kind of what we want. So we would say, like, oh, we are now put on online classes because they got canceled because of a virus. And that's not fair for what I'm paying for. And we'd say, like, that's not fair. But actually, it's really fair. But then we say it's not fair because we don't like it. Yeah. But you're talking about fairness. That is justice. I'm talking, yeah, like, a, not about, like, a, the way fairness is used, but, like, the more pure concept of fairness, yeah. I guess. Which the dictionary definition of it is in accordance with rules or standards legitimate. So basically, like, yeah, I guess, like, legitimate with rules. And if God is the creator, he creates the rules mm. and he creates that, then it it would make sense that it would literally be impossible for him to be unjust. Oh, like mercy is fairness in his eyes. Uh, I don't know about that. I haven't thought about that, but I'm saying just that like fairness is accordance with the rules set in place. Mm. And God makes the rules. Mm. So it would literally be impossible for him to be unjust. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, not want to have an existential crisis with anybody else but you two. Um, Thank you for participating and talking and giving your thoughts and insights. Thanks for having us. And uh, dictionary um, definitions. They're helpful, for sure. As, As a last question for both of you. Um, what food do you want to be 
in hell. Like, grim hell. Like, this food, you hate it. It's going it's to hell. It's going to hell? Yeah. I'd have to say fake cheese. Specifically the Some one in a one. can <gasps> that you spray out like shaving cream. Oh my gosh. Because, what is that? It's not actually cheese. Yeah. It's you can't so call it cheese. good. I would say paired with that also the, like, fake nacho cheese. Yeah. That you get from, like, the fair. Like, no. Wait, the goop not. of yellow. You know, it's I like them plastic. both, actually. Well, but, but you can why? go enjoy them. In well, Grimhell. okay, in <laughs> you can go to hell and enjoy. Your Fine, cheese. I will. <laughs> I like fake cheese, specifically the spray kind in the can, because every time me and my family go camping, we buy <laughs> the squared quilted pretzels, <laughs> and we. Triscuits? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are squared quilted pretzels? You know, the you ones know, like that are crosshatched. Oh, oh, gotcha. Triscuits yeah. aren't pretzels. That's why I was confused. Nephilim aren't demigods. Ridiculous. <laughs> you can't put fake Zeus. cheese on a demigod. On <laughs> 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 a pretzel. Pretzel. Oh. But, so I, I do enjoy fake cheese, but maybe that's just a sign that I'll be um, going to hell. Do you like Velveeta? Velveeta, no, because that like sits Velveeta. on a shelf. That's like the same thing. Not though. refrigerated, yeah. Velveeta. Okay, I will cheese, say the only thing. spray cheese I like is the extra sharp cheddar, because everything uh, else just tastes like a brick. You don't like uh, spray blue cheese? Gross. <laughs> what? Spray, spray gorgonzola. Oh, jeez. Oh, we should come up with a gourmet spray cheese line. That's spray ricotta. Horrifying. Spray parmesan. Most horrifying. And then they idea. won't they won't shave parmesan on your um, pasta. And <laughs> Just come in. Tell me when. Oh. <laughs> That's perfect. That's I think disgusting. for me, um, man, what food is just terrible to me? What food do I hate? Olives. Olives, yeah. Olives are pretty gross. I. Oh man, little tires. <laughs> that's tires. what they taste like too. <laughs> like the smell of burnt rubber. That's what olives taste like. There's so many different types of olives, like green olives, black olives, Kalamata olives, <laughs> Kalamata, calamari, calamari. I do like calamari. <laughs> Abigail, what is your food that should go to hell? Uh, I'd have to say peas. Peas. Big, big pea hater, yeah. Green peas? Yes. I just think they taste like already chewed for you. Oh, and like, yeah. And it's just like someone's like spitting already chewed up disgustingness into your mouth. Like as a kid, I would swallow them like pills so I didn't have to chew them because I thought they were so gross. Wow. Popping peas. It's hard for me Poppin to picture peas, the peas as nutritional just because of their size. It's like a mini muffin. Like, yeah. you can eat 12, you know? Or bite-sized brownies. <laughs> bite-sized brownies. I feel like 12 peas is not a lot of peas. It's like oh, a not at all. Even 60 like peas. 100 peas. Not a lot of peas. Yeah. Yeah. It's like popcorn. You can eat so many, and it doesn't even feel like anything. I like um, snow peas, though. Oh, oh those, those are those. Those are good. The crunchy ones? Yeah. I like those. Or like edamame. Or I like oh, I love it. I just, I just don't yeah. like like traditional like canned pea. steamed vegetable mm, canned peas can be peas. pretty gross. Those what about gross. black eyed peas? <clears throat> I like black eyed peas. I love Fergie. 
Yes. Yeah. Same. I actually listened to Black Eyed Peas today while I was running. Wow. Maybe. Prophetic? Yeah. I got Maybe. a feeling. Yes. That's well, the word. Hey. hey, that even sounds prophetic. Yeah. I got prophetic. a feeling that I'm going to be talking about peas tonight and hell. It's like that. It's going to be a good time. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Black Eyed Peas. Prophets of the New Age. And on that note, um, thank you both for being here. Thank you, listening. For listening. <laughs> <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy, happy St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Mm-hmm.